don't wait for the answer. Don't wait for the answer. Because you might not like it. All right. Well, we are going to continue our teaching. Um, you know, there's so, much, so many wonderful things that have been happening. And I've been debating in my mind. I know I need to teach. But uh, the School of Evangelism, there was only a few people that went. But the testimonies are absolutely phenomenal. So maybe at the end of it, the, the service, maybe we might get Angela to come uh, or, or Andrew to come and just give us a brief. Or who, who was there? Who was there? Okay, yes, wonderful. Um, okay, so yeah, we might get one or two to come and just give a brief. All right, let's look at um, what we've been looking at, cell ministry. And today I want to continue what I started two weeks ago, which is the purpose of cell ministry, the purpose of cell ministry. Now, for those of you who do not know what cell ministry is, it really is a group of two or more people who are committed together to worship God, to serve um, their community or to, uh, to do ministry, to evangelize, to fellowship, and also they're committed to discipleship together. That is really the essence of a cell group, C-E-L-L, cell group. So um, we, we are talking about that, and uh, I just felt that I should do that this month and uh, probably next month as well. Um, so you, you're really happy about that, I can tell. Okay, Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So we have been talking about cell ministry. Another scripture I want to give you in context, John 15, verse 8. John 15, verse 8. He says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. My Father is glorified when you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So these two verses really, in essence, is what cell ministry is all about. And just let's recap from two weeks ago. Uh, it's, cell ministry is rooted in the great commission of Jesus Christ, which we've read, it is to make disciples. And so when you have, in our church context here, what we try to do is to allow people to begin to develop and work out their faith with the view of them being committed followers of Jesus Christ. So really, the whole thing is helping people to become purpose-driven members or disciples within a small group contest. It's very important. In your journey of faith, and certainly in my journey of faith, when I shared my testimony, this has played a very important um, role in helping me grow as a Christian. And so you have two or more people, two or more people who are committed to um, developing, to worshiping God together, to ministering together, to sharing the gospel together, to fellowshipping and partnering together, and ultimately, becoming disciples together. And in my journey, 
I have about, maybe it's about 20 or 25 people through the years, of, uh, for the last 20, 20 plus years that I would say we've had this kind of commitment and dynamic and uh, it has helped us a lot, you know. And um, so it is really that kind of backdrop that we're talking about. Now we said, why does it exist in our church? One, to empower Christians. I'm just going over some of the old ground. To empower Christians in fulfilling their call as believers within the context of small group. Beloved, there is a call on your life. God has called you, has saved you and called you and has designed you with a specific mandate and you need to develop in fulfilling that. Two, it is to enable believers to express their unique gifts in partnership with other believers. Again, you don't realize the wealth that is in you. Sometimes people look at themselves and they say, oh me, I don't have much to offer. You know, I'm not very spiritual. I'm not this and I'm not that. But you have some things that God has invested in you that others need, other believers need. You know, sometimes as a pastor, you know, with all the things that I am responsible for and the spectrum of different responsibilities, sometimes I'll be talking with somebody um, who may not even have a lot of responsibility and they will say something to me about something very strategic and it was like they will have a wisdom that I don't have. You know, they might say, but pastor, we're really busy. I mean, we just did school of evangelism. We're going to do prophetic school and now you want us to do school of prayer and then the school of the anointing. I mean, all in six weeks past, I think. I know you said God said it, but I think that's a lot. And you know, just... That normal, obvious wisdom, me and my ivory tower, it's like, you know, you've got a point. Let's cancel four of them, you know. But sometimes it's like that. You need each other, I'm telling you. you say, say to your neighbor, I need you and you need me in purity. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you know. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Third point about why we have cells is to develop church members in a workable environment for practical Christian service and fruitfulness. Cell's great for that. In the cell context, I learned how to teach the word effectively. That's really how I learned how to teach. I learned how to preach, by the way, when I used to do street outreach. I'd go on the streets and in my day, and I'd go with my cell members, so we'd go together and uh, in my day, and in my days coming back, uh, we didn't care. So we would just shout and raise our voices. And I could really speak well on the streets with no microphone. So I could project my voice. I'll stand out and say, Captain Thompson, God is calling you to repent. Duh, duh, duh. And people would be like, who's that mad person? And I'd be speaking. But through that, when I then came to church and I'd preach, people say, wow, what a powerful man. But I got it on the street with my cell. Amen. Say to your neighbor, you need cell groups. <laughs> yeah. Also, cell groups helps us to minister to the vulnerable and the needy within the church. There are many people in our context here that need input. And you and I have something we can give them. Number five, let me rush through this. Cell groups helps us to provide a family environment for church members and build lasting relationships. 
even in a context like this, it is not possible to really touch people and really be touched by people. Now, some of us, we are skilled artisans when it comes to church service. Service will come. We make sure we come just when it's starting. And then as the service is started, we're in there, we're worshiping. And as soon as service finishes, boom, like Speedy Gonzalez, we're out of here. Don't talk to me. I'm out. And so what happens is you're in church for five, ten years, and nobody knows your name. Nobody knows who you are. And then you hit the crisis, and nobody knows there's a crisis because there was no relationship you had. And so you say, I've been going to this church for seven years, and when I was sick, nobody visited me. Why? Because the church is full of people who don't laugh? No, because there was no relationship. You were coming to church every week, but you did not invest in relationships. Tell your neighbor, I need you and you need me in purity. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Six point, to facilitate and manage church growth. Again, cell groups helps that. As more people are coming into the church, they are going to need help. See, some of the largest churches in our nation have the best cell group structures. That is why God can add more people to them. Places like Hillsong or KICC, these places, and New Wine, the reason why they have thousands is because God can trust them with thousands because they have an effective system of caring for people. Yes, they may not be able to talk to the senior pastor, some people think, oh, I can't talk to the senior pastor, therefore I'm not going to that church. He didn't die on the cross. The senior pastor did not die on the cross. Are you listening? So therefore, it is not physically possible, even in a small church like ours, it is not physically possible for me to talk to every one of you every, every week. If I decided that every week I'm going to talk to all of you, my marriage will fail. <clears throat> Why? Because there won't be enough time even to eat. That's just the reality. But what cell group does is it allows us to build healthy relationships and to be cared for properly. Seven, to be an effective witness. Cell groups allows us to be an effective witness of the gospel of Jesus within a specific locality. Within a specific locality. And number eight, to enable a church to fulfill its corporate mandate. Every church has a mandate God gives it. And for us, it is to make disciples, and it helps us to do just that. Now, there are two basic types of cells. So this is in the outlines that I've given. The two basic types of cell groups that normally exist in most churches. One is what I refer to as Bible study cells, and the second one is what I refer to as interest-oriented cells. Now, Bible study cells are simply where people gather around Bible studies. And they are committed to studying scripture, learning from the Bible, principles of the word, and so forth. Um, and that is what the cell is about. Now, most of the cells that I have led have been Bible study cells because that is my area of interest. Uh, that's my area of strength. I have a lot of interest in many other things, but to be honest with you, my area of strength is to open the Bible and to teach from the Bible. So, but there are others who have other areas of strength. Now, it doesn't mean they don't teach the Bible, but some, their interest might be single ministry, single parent ministry, or others, it might be focusing on men. We have a cell recently that started to deal with business, what's that one? Um, business, business, 
influences in Christ, not influenza in Christ, influences. So, because influenza, that's a, that's a virus. Um, influences leadership. So it's, it's a business cell. And this cell is amazing. You know, um, it's very exciting. And, uh, but they teach the Bible. It's Bible. It's not, they don't teach um, nonsense. They teach the Bible, but it's focused for business people, for professionals. Someone like me, I might not necessarily fit. I don't have that kind of skill, set, that kind of wisdom. Me, I'm not a business person per se, pastor. But some of you professional people, that kind of thing, that, that, that might really float your boat. And then there are others who are like, they have cells that deal with sports. Sports. It would be great to have a boxing cell. Boxing. Paul the Apostle liked talking about boxing. So anyway, let's, so you have uh, interest-oriented. And they, they focus on a specific interest in ministry. Hospital ministry. Men, mother and toddlers, women, youth, prayer, all kinds. These are also very powerful. But the overriding thing about the cell is this. And whatever its focus, the heart of it is to help people to become committed followers of Jesus as they delve into whatever interest they are focused on. And uh, so these kind of cells, whatever cell you're a part of, the main thing is the leader. The leader of the cell will really determine the type of cell. For instance, if I was leading a cell, I couldn't lead a cell around a specific interest because those things will not float my boat. As great as businesses, as great as focusing on men or focusing, I'm not gonna say focusing on women because I can't have a women's cell, you know. Anyway, so let's move on. So as, as interesting as that might be and all of that, they won't do it for me. For me, it will be just simply we gather, we study the Bible, we pray, and uh, we do those things. And because that is the thing I'm interested in, it will attract people with that kind of interest. Some of you, if I did a cell like that, you say, I'm just having another Sunday service. I didn't come to church and then go to another Sunday service on a Tuesday. Or, it won't interest you. Not because you don't like me, but because that's not your interest. So it's important that you're able to identify what your kind of interest is. And also the other thing is, sometimes with cells, you change. So one year you might want to focus on Bible studies, and another year you might want to focus on women's ministry or men's ministry and so forth. Amen. Now, what is the potential of a cell? Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. Our Lord says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Now, the thing about God's kingdom is this. God's kingdom always starts in weakness, always starts in, it's always surrounded with insignificance when it starts. It might be very significant what God is doing, but when you look at it, it looks silly. When you look at the most monumental moves that God made throughout human history, they are shrouded in weakness. Imagine this, God looks at the whole earth, and you realize this, that the whole world is, is worshiping idols. The whole world is worshiping idols. 
but he has to bring his son into this world. So he scans the whole world and finds a man and a woman who can't have children and says, I'm going to use these two people, impotent people, as the means by which I will bring about my son. So he takes Abraham, who at the time was a pagan worshiper, who was worshiping idols, was worshiping the stars, he was a Chaldean, and he begins to work with him and work with him. And for many years, and by the way, Abraham never had a house. He lived in tents all his life. And then God gave him what would appear to us like a pipe dream. All this land is going to be yours. Just walk through it. So the rest of his life, he walked through a land that he couldn't build on. It was his. When you look at how our Lord, how our Lord brought, came on this earth, our Lord Jesus came on this earth, he found a young teenager. We don't know her age, between 14 and 16, they say, uh, Mary was. Teenager. Young girl. Poor. She was poor. She wasn't rich. She was poor. And then he decided, no connections in the natural. And he decides that through her and a carpenter, a carpenter, ordinary carpenter, who hadn't married her yet, he was going to bring the Messiah. Now, that's not how we would do it. No, we would look for the most influential person on the planet with all the connections to ensure that when our child comes, everything is taken care of. Best education. That's what we do. So God's kingdom is always starts in weakness. And so our Lord gives this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a master seed, which among seeds is the smallest when it comes to trees. It's the, among, it's the smallest. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the smallest amongst the herbs. But when it grows, it becomes the greatest because it becomes a tree. That's how God's kingdom is. It starts insignificant and it becomes great. So anytime God is doing something, this is uh, by the way, anytime God is doing something in your life, when God is doing it, expect weakness in his formative years. Expect insignificance in his formative years when God is doing it. But over time, as God keeps doing it, it will begin to produce strength. That's how the kingdom works. But many people, when they see that weakness and they see that insignificance, they despise it. That's why he says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. You don't. So when it comes to cell ministry, for instance, it's the same principle. If God is the one who is behind that thing and you are faithful, it will become a great tree. This is how our ministry started. It started in insignificance. And even though we don't believe that we are that significant, by the grace of God, it's a, it's a global movement now. It's a global movement. But it started in insignificance. People would laugh at me. And so even now, if I am just sitting there or if I'm amongst church leaders and um, I'm talking with people and people don't know who I am and what I carry, they look at me and they think, well, who is this person? Why is he even here? The way I'm dressed, because I kind of dress a bit like this and go to important meetings, the way I look, it's like, who is this person? So even when we have our senior people, we, the elders meet, and then uh, 
all the elders are there. If you walked in the room and you heard people talking, you would say, ah, definitely, this person is the senior pastor. And it won't be me. I remember one guy, one day, they were shocked when they found out that Pastor John was not the senior pastor. They said, ah, so you mean all this time, Joe is the senior pastor? Because I didn't look like the senior pastor. I want to be a kingdom person. You may not look the part, but carry the authority. Amen. That's how God's kingdom works. So, when it comes to sell, just as a mustard seed has a potential to become a great tree, so also the potential for a cell group to become a great house in God's kingdom. I'm telling you, as a cell leader focuses on growing their cell, developing themselves and helping others, they don't realize what they're doing. They don't realize what is happening to them. Because of cell ministry, really, I learned how to cast demons out. Because of cell ministry, I learned how to operate the gifts of the spirit. Because of cell ministry, I learned how to understand scripture. I learned how to counter heresy. Because of cell ministry. Week in, week out, because of cell ministry, I developed fortitude on the inside so that even if I don't feel like doing something, I did it anyway because it was the right thing to do. Because of cell ministry. But when I was starting and when I was doing it, it didn't look like that. It has tremendous potential. Anything that you are doing for God from a sincere heart will always end up to your advantage. That's how the kingdom works. Now, one other thing I want to say about, not one other thing, um, with cell ministry, another thing I want to emphasize is this. Uh, cells capitalize on certain group dynamics. Now, these are not in your notes, so I'm going to give them to you quickly. The first group dynamic is this. Cells capitalize on the advantage of increased capacity. Leviticus 26.8 says, five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Now, in this verse, you see a dynamic where when five people unite, there is strength. I shared this two weeks ago. There is strength of one to 20. But when 100 people unite, there is strength of 1 to 100. In other words, the more people unite together, the greater their potential to do something for God. And so when you are in a cell group with two or three other people or more that are committed together to following Jesus, the potential for you doing well becomes greater. Which leads us on to the second advantage or, or the second and dynamic that sells capitalize on, which is the blessings of unity. The blessings of unity. Psalm 133, one to three teaches about how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And he goes and talks about unity and the beauty of unity. And he says at the end, for there in that place of unity, the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So whenever you have God's people in unity, around something that honors the Lord, automatically there is a release blessing. Life forevermore. Which speaks of vitality. Which speaks of blessing. Which speaks of vigor and strength and productivity and fruitfulness. That is another advantage of um, the cell group. The third one is the potential for friendships. The potential for friendships. 
Now, I have friendships that have lasted 28, 30 years through cells. This, in fact, some of the guys who have lost contact, whenever I meet them or see them, it's like, boom, we catch up. And some of them, our friendships have lasted. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Within the cell context, you begin to sharpen one another. You begin to talk and challenge each other. You will share what you believe and you think you've brought a great revelation. And your friend will say to you, you believe that? Ah, come on, that's rubbish. See, friends are very interesting. There's no PC, political correctness, when it comes to friendship. If you have any friendship that has political correctness with it, it's not a real friendship. Ah, friends! Friends should be able to tell you, stop being an idiot. Oh, you've hurt my feelings. That's not a real friend. No, 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 no. What do you mean I hurt your feelings? Stop being so silly. Friends will say, my friend, what feelings? Nonsense. That's friends. Now, if the pastor says, oh, stop being an idiot. Eh? Pastor, I'm leaving the church. But when your friend says, stop being an idiot, you stop being an idiot. You counter and you move on. And in the cell context, you find this. Iron sharpening iron. You, you, you're making each other better. You're rubbing shoulders together. You're rubbing ideas together. And through that, you're becoming sharper in the things of God. Another thing about cells is the protection of others. The protection of others. Listen, beloved, all of us need protecting. One, we need protecting from ourselves and from others. I tell you, I have needed protecting from myself. Sometimes, some of myself, my, my, my friends, when I'm ready, I'm ready to rumble, they'll say, they'll tap me. They'll tap my leg, you know. Now, you can't just tap my leg. What are you tapping my leg for? But my friend can tap my leg. Imagine, imagine, I'm your pastor, and then I'm talking to you, you know, your sister, and I'm talking to you, and then I tap your leg. Is that appropriate? Look at you looking at me. But you know, your friend, male or female, if they're a proper friend, not a weird friend, proper friend, they can tap your leg and you don't, your mind isn't anywhere because they are your friend. Now, I'm not saying go and tap everyone's leg now. A pastor says, friends, tap legs. Let me tap your leg. Hey! Sometimes people take it, you know. Pastor, you know, you heard the man of God. He's a man of God. Friends, tap legs. Let's tap. Tap mine. This is my turn. No, no, come on, my friend. No, 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 please. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one. I don't, listen, some of us, we are lone wolves. The lone ranger rides alone. My friend, in God's kingdom, lone rangers are killed. They are killed. <laughs> Bam, boom. No, 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 no. In God's kingdom, you can't be a lone ranger. <laughs> Any of you remember the lone ranger? This is like many years ago. I mean, black and white films. Go, go, on, go on the uh, uh, Google or whatever and type lone ranger. You come, then you see what they were watching. <laughs> but, but anyway, he wore this weird mask. That we all knew, it's like, imagine if I wore a mask, right, and I came in studio, like I put something on my face, and I wore a hat. Wouldn't you know it's me? That means, 
mean, some of these things are just so silly. But anyway, we, we, we really liked it. <laughs> that, that shows where we were. Anyway, it says, verse 10, for if they fall, two is better for than one. It says in verse 10, for if they fall, they will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Two is better than one. And you need others to protect you, and that's what cells are there for. And then finally, the power of agreement is another advantage of cells. Matthew 18, 19. Now, these verses within the context of church discipline, but the truth is still true. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So, what happens is, cells allows you to come into agreement with others. And how many of you know that sometimes you are praying through something, but your prayer somehow is not, is not hitting it. And then somebody comes alongside you and stands in agreement. Our Lord says, if two shall agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it shall be done. So in conclusion, I want to tell you this, that as a child of God, God expects you to develop as a disciple. And part of that process involves you being in partnership with other believers. So if you're in a church, whether it's this church or another church, I encourage you to be part of a group, a small group, where you can get input, where you can get training, where you can also share, where you can develop, because this will help you in your journey. Amen. Amen. I want us to pray. So in what we have touched on, I want to pray for those of us who have felt isolated. Isolated. We're going to get ready to take communion. I want the ministers to get ready to get the communion elements. And I want to pray for you if you have felt like isolated on your own and uh, you are saying to God, I want to get the help that I need. I want to pray with you because that's part of why cells exist. So if that is you, as we prepare our hearts for communion, why don't you stand? I want to just pray grace into you. Those of us that have felt particularly isolated and alone, why don't you stand right now so that we can just pray and minister grace into you? Quickly, there are several. There are several. It doesn't matter if you've been standing through. You, you can be part of a cell but still feel isolated. That's okay. Just stand quickly. I want to pray with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you, Holy Father. And as you stand, I want to ask God to give you grace. You're feeling isolated. You feel like you're carrying what you're carrying alone. There's no one there to support you. You can be involved in church. You can be on the worship team. You can be on the ministerial team. But you're feeling isolated. You can be a cell leader, but you're feeling isolated. That sometimes this is how the enemy takes, takes us out. I want to pray into that. Father, in Jesus' name. As these precious ones are standing, I ask for your grace and I ask for your strength upon them that you will bless and you will protect. And I ask, Lord, that you will send the right people their way 
to minister to them in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may take your seats. After the service, I want those of you just to, to come here and I want the ministers to minister specifically into you. We're going to take communion. I'm not sure why the ministers are not here.